Hello and welcome to 5 Minute Magic from Creativity for Sale podcast. A quick fire episode sharing tips and tricks from the pages of the book of the same title. Yes, Creativity for Sale. Every week I'll be sharing one or two ideas that could give you an actionable takeaway for your creative career, your business or just a food for thought for the weekend ahead. These tips are taken from the audiobook and you can find a link to the full version in the show notes. Today's episode is called How Selling Creativity Becomes Business and it it's a section from the book which kind of elaborates on the points of how we title ourselves because the titles come with a mindset of how we perceive ourselves, how we carry ourselves and sometimes our titles could be misleading because from experience calling yourself freelancer doesn't necessarily mean that people understand what you do and how you do it if you call yourself a studio or if you um, you're a contractor or consultant, you know, or if, you, you know, if you're an artist, how do we label ourselves really helps with the fact how we can um, perceive what we do and how we can explain it and how we can be found by others who might be you know, able to commission us for the work that we do. In this section, you will find a summary of every possible title and how it can be applicable to you. How Selling Creativity Becomes a Business There are various ways that you can describe yourself as a creative business. Some prefer to be seen as a one-man band, others prefer to act like a studio and imply a larger entity than the reality. One thing to bear in mind is, the way we describe our business should be on par with what we actually are and what we can deliver. In other words, there's no point pretending that you're a 20-person studio with a diversity of skills and project management if you're actually one individual juggling freelance work alongside a nine-to-five job. At some point, the client will discover the truth and things will fall apart. There are a few different ways that you can label the business of selling creativity. Self-employed. This means that you work for yourself as a business owner instead of being employed by somebody else. It means you are responsible for finding your own work keeping records of your financial operations and paying your taxes at the end of the financial year. In the creative industries, it's very rare that people describe themselves to customers or clients as self-employed. So you can think of this as a technical term to explain your business and tax status. Freelancer. This is probably the most frequently used term for those starting out as their own creative entity, but it's also the most misunderstood. Ultimately, it's another way to describe being self-employed, but people often understand it to mean that the work is flexible, readily available, and able to juggle multiple small projects and clients at any one time. For this reason, many people or companies seeking someone with a particular skill set temporarily use the prefix freelance in internet searches, e.g. looking for a freelance designer, illustrator for a creative project. The problem is that when someone searches for a freelancer, they may have vastly different expectations about who will appear. I have met many prospective clients who searched for a freelance designer, i.e. individual, then asked how big my studio, i.e. team, is. I've also found myself in a never-ending loop of inquiries, either for something super basic or that required my operation to be much bigger than it really was. It gets even more confusing because freelancers can be broadly divided into two categories. 
The first worked directly with clients, often multiple clients at once, on various projects, in much the same way as a small studio might, doing the work and also marketing their own services to find clients. The second are hired by an agency or company to work, directly or indirectly, with clients and often do very little to market themselves personally. While the former have to build a public-facing portfolio or creative brand to attract clients, the latter often find work via recruitment agents or in-house planning teams. A hired freelancer, also known as a contractor, can be anything from a camera operator for a TV station to a runner on a production set, an SEO expert, web developer or marketing executive. These freelancers don't usually deviate from their core skill set and they often work in one place, such as in a creative agency or on location for an extended period of time, much like a short-term employee working alongside full-time staff. Although hired freelancers operate in a similar way to employees, the label freelancer can feel very liberating as it means they don't have to show up to the same old 9-to-5 job day in, day out for years on end. For the non-hired freelancers, they're often expected to be readily available for last-minute projects and willing to work longer hours than traditional employees. They tend to juggle many different assignments due to their unpredictable work stream, which can lead to oversubscribing and therefore overworking themselves. Despite this, being a pure freelancer is often a very appealing prospect compared to having a fixed salary and holiday allowance, as it offers a level of flexibility and autonomy that is rare in any other type of work. It also creates opportunities to explore ideas and work on unusual projects that would be impossible in full-time employment. Contractor. This is another technical term for self-employment, but it means specifically operating under a contract or agreement to provide services for the pre-agreed period of time, i.e., a hired freelancer, though in practice most people and companies use the term freelancer to cover both scenarios. A contractor is often booked for long stretches of time, working alongside full-time employees within a company during normal working hours. Unlike employees, however, the contractor doesn't get a holiday allowance or sick pay, and they are still responsible for their own tax, social security and pension. Consultant. The role of a consultant is less hands-on in terms of delivery or creative output than a freelancer. The task is to evaluate the issues and provide an outline of how the solution can be reached. A consultant's involvement can range from a few days to ongoing support across longer periods of time. Small business. This category is where you might see a local cake shop or a man with a van. In UK government terms, they're likely to be officially classified as a micro-business. A small business in the UK means less than 250 employees and turning over less than 50 million a year, which you'd be forgiven for thinking isn't that small really. Despite the facts and figures of the official terminology, I believe that the best way to gain the confidence and presence to progress your creative journey is to adopt a small business mindset as that's where the magic happens. Studio. This is an operation of multiple people delivering projects within a specific sector, such as branding, animation, 
printmaking, etc. An established studio often has a number of different personnel looking after the client's projects as well as the business operations. Despite this, studio is also a popular term that individual freelancers use, even at the very beginning of their business life, because the term suggests a more established outfit than freelancer. As I mentioned earlier, there's a danger that clients might assume you have more capacity than you really do. So be sure not to upsell your capabilities unless you have a network of collaborators and skill-specific freelancers who can come on board to help with the projects as needed. Agency. This type of business goes beyond the scope of a studio, often employing hundreds of people with a myriad of skills beyond creative roles, such as strategists, planners and media buying experts. They usually service bigger clients than a studio does. The rest. Then there's the rest of the terms you might have come across, like solo creative, means the same as freelancer, artist, a job type, not a way of working, musician, see previous, entrepreneur, small business owner who may or may not have a team, solopreneur, a small business owner who doesn't have a team, girl boss, a woman solo creative or small business owner, or hustler, don't get me started. Ultimately, how you describe yourself is up to you, and some terms might feel more appealing and empowering to you personally, but it should be abundantly clear to your clients and your potential clients what you can actually deliver. If you try to mislead people with an incorrect label, you will likely end up over your head and unable to deliver, which might affect your ratings and reputation. From experience, the longer you build your creative brand, the easier it becomes to let go of the label. New clients will be after what you do before they start wondering how you do it. Over time, you become known for your output and its trademark quality, and you'll have a more fluid business setup. This often means that much bigger projects can land in your inbox due to your ability to deliver, rather than the label you describe it by. For now, pick the one that feels right and best sums up what you do. The do-what-you-love myth. Finally, it's time for a little dose of reality. Because I really want this to be the right journey for you. In the world of work, the majority of jobs are simply about getting stuff done, not necessarily about loving what you do. 